instead of trying to fight this desire, this overwhelming desire for instant gratification, I said, you know what? I'm just going to take the instant gratification and put it to use for me. And there's a way to do that for everybody in virtually anything that you want to do. You want a better relationship? Okay, I commit. Today I'm going to take 10 minutes and have a real conversation with my spouse. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today I bring you Jim Packard and George Campbell, authors of The Consistency Chain. Do you plan to set goals for 2022? Do you know there's another gear inside of you, but you feel like you're driving around with a parking brake on? Do you want next year to be your breakthrough year to make more money, to get that business off the ground, to get fit, to have an amazing marriage, to finally find balance and success? Well, the fact that you're listening to this right here, right now, means that most likely you do plan to set goals for 2022, and you know that there's another gear inside of you. But here's the problem. You're busy. And let's face it, like most people, you'll probably never get around to sitting down and mapping out a bulletproof plan for 2022 that you have 100% confidence in. And to be honest, most people just don't know where to start. So if any of this sounds like you, then join me for a virtual goal-setting work session on December 30th. Go to jimharshawjr.com slash 2022 to register. This is a work session. I will be putting you to work so that you can follow the exact steps that you need to take to create a bulletproof, rock-solid plan for living life at your next level with consistency and focus and balance. There's only room for 25 people, and the reason for that is so that you and I can have some personal interaction in a small group setting. I did this for the first time last year, and it sold out. If you want to hear what some of those attendees said about that experience, you can see their comments on the registration page. Again, go to jimharshajr.com slash 2022. I don't know when I'll be doing this again, so if you're even thinking about it right now, go ahead and claim your spot. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash 2022. George Campbell is an award-winning stand-up comedian who is at his best when he's on stage. 10 years of stand-up comedy led to more than 20 years of professional speaking. In 2002, he was inducted into the National Speakers Hall of Fame. He's been featured on 60 Minutes and interviewed for a cover article in the LA Times, but he had a ton of natural ability that was offset by an absence of consistency. Most of his success, he'll tell you, was generated by a short burst of activity, and he just kind of coasted for years after that. George speaks to and for what they call the 80 percenters, the people who struggle with being consistent. Meanwhile, Jim Packard, his partner and co-author, represents the 20 percenters, the people who are locked in and focused and consistent. He is the poster child for a life of consistent action, whether it's being the top producing paperboy or turning a $500 investment into a $17 million business. Jim excelled all day, every day. He's the Dale Carnegie instructor, certified trainer for John Maxwell team. He's a certified trainer for the Kaufman Center for Entrepreneurship. I mean, this guy's been successful. I mean, after selling his business to a Fortune 500 company, he shepherded a bunch of inventions through development, and he was on QVC 25 times. He sold over a million units of a single product. He was a network marketer, distributor of the year for two different companies, a top 10 money earner in both of those companies. He's always been haunted, though, by one question. And the question is this. Why is it that some people struggle to be consistent while others are as consistent as the sunrise? 
And with Jim and George's common goal to uncover how consistency works for different people, the consistency chain was born. The consistency chain is an entertaining and enlightening book for people who want to really start moving the needle in any area of their life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Really pull out the top concepts from this book and we bring them straight to you in this interview. And it's going to help you reach a level of consistency that you really never experienced before. So let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Jim Packard and George Campbell, authors of the consistency chain. Hey, this is uh, Jim. Glad to be here. I am George. Jim, George, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> nice to be here. The only reason this, this episode is actually happening is because Jim has applied, you know, to practicing what he preaches. Like he, you, you have been so consistent in reaching out sure. to me over the past Gosh, couple of years, really. And it's been phenomenal. I'm like, my goodness, like this guy is applying it. He's living it out. He's practicing what he preaches. So uh, you're proof that it works. And you guys are both proof of how you can use this, this philosophy that you guys have adopted or created or, or discovered to, to create success. So let's start with this. One of you on this call is what you call an 80 percenter and the other is a 20 percenter. So first of all, what is an 80 percenter and what is a 20 percenter what is a 20 percenter and who's who well i'll take this uh just to start off because this this goes back to the pareto principle the the 80 20 split that vilfredo pareto discovered and i started researching this a while back because in the context of individuals because you can go through just a number of realms of commerce. And you see this played out over and over again. 80% of all sales are sold. 80% of all homes are sold by 20% of realtors. 80% of insurance is sold by 20%. A preacher told me that 80% of the, the contributions to his church come from 20%. And, and it just, it bugged me. You know, how is it possible that, that people could be so completely different, so individual, and yet we seem to fall so easily into this 80-20 thing? And as I began to look at it, I'm like, okay, well, what are the characteristics that make these 20%, the high performing 20%, what is it the characteristics that make them different? And then I eliminated all the things that I felt like were equally present in both groups. Like what? Yeah. Intelligence equally present in both groups. Education equally present in both groups. Training. If you're in a company, everybody gets the same training. Uh, skills, talents, and abilities are pretty much across the board. And even ambition. There are some people that are very ambitious, but somehow they can't find the wherewithal to make their goals happen. And so finally, we landed on one really deciding difference between the, the 80 and the 20, and that is this. The 20% do what needs to be done when it needs to be done on a relentlessly consistent basis. And the 80% know what needs to be done, but they don't do it, and they certainly don't do it consistently. And as we began to work together, Jim and I, I'm the 80%. I'm the one that has the challenge doing things consistently. I know what I need to do. I know it needs to be done, but I have a challenge with it consistently. And just like you mentioned, like Jim reaching out to you for two years, that's Jim. Jim is in the 20% that embraces consistency, has no trouble following through, and he's relentless. And that's the reason why he's as successful as he's been across as many domains as he's, as he's been successful. Yeah, I think I, I have the ability to 
what we call delay gratification. I can see a goal and I can, you know, set an action in plan and go after it. You know, I, I can get into action immediately because I know that action is going to get me closer to the goal. So And stay in action. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I could I couldn't believe it took so long for you to read our book though, Jim. I mean, I remember I remember sending it to you and you said, Well, I hope to get to it within, you know, the next few months. And I'm going, My God, you could read it in a weekend if you just skip the parts that George wrote. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> so Well, that was the problem is I wasn't consistently reading. You know, I was like, yeah. I needed to read the book, but I didn't get around yeah. to reading the book because I wasn't yeah. consistently reading as much as I needed to. So yeah. uh, it was uh, it was something it was the medicine that I needed, but I hadn't taken yeah. it yet. <laughs> so you guys have drawn on examples in the world from a lot of different areas. Jerry Seinfeld being one and Navy SEALs being another that you talk about in the book. Tell us about that. Well, the Jerry Seinfeld, I, I saw an interview with him and in he was talking about what made Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld. And, and he did not follow, as you can imagine with, with him being a comedian, he did not necessarily follow the traditional set a goal, write it down, do this. He just said, I want to be a better comic, which violates all the traditional goal setting. And, and then he isolated one activity that would make him a better comic, which was to write jokes every day. And this is the essence of what we're talking about for, the 80% who are challenged with their need for instant gratification. And how do you put that instant gratification in service of achieving long-term goals? And what he did is he said, I'm going to write jokes every day. And he wrote jokes the first day and he made an X on the calendar. And he wrote jokes the second day and made an X on the calendar. And then day three, and this is the critical distinction, day three, it never gets any harder than day three. Day three, he had one very simple goal because he didn't see two X's on the calendar. What he saw was a chain of two links. Day three's goal was simply this. Don't break the chain. Don't break the chain. And he did that day after day, year after year. And the incredible success that he's had over that period of time. I mean, he got $800 million when he sold the syndication rights to Seinfeld. Now, what did, where did that money come from? I, I believe that money is nothing more than the compound interest on years and years of consistent behavior. He took action every single day. There's kind of a middle part in here as why it is that, that the 80% are so challenged with consistency, but that's the Seinfeld key. Don't break the chain. And George is very modest, Jim. He actually, George was a stand-up comic for 10 years and and shared the stage with Jerry Seinfeld and all those comics that came up together for 10 years. And don't let him kid you. He's George has been very, very successful in other endeavors in his life. So when George and I sat down and talked, I always wondered, how can you be successful in one area of your life or be a 20 percenter in some areas, yet an 80 percenters in other areas? And I applied the same principles, trying to accomplish goals in both all those areas. And some of them worked in some areas and some of them didn't in another area. And that's what always intrigued us and one of the reasons why we wrote the book. Right, right. And as it's, it's you mentioned the Navy SEALs, that's a really interesting thing because the 80-20 principle comes into Navy SEALs. If the, if the failure rate for people who get to, well, there's a failure rate for people just get to BUDS, which is the the, the first step of becoming a Navy SEAL. It's a three or, three to five week process. and 80% of the people that, that get there 
I mean, and we're talking about people that are dedicated, who trained, who this has been their dream. 80% of those people are going to go over and ring a bell saying, listen, I want to go home. 80%. And, and the difference between the people who make it and the people who leave is strictly mindset. And it's, I mean, everybody, it sucks for everybody. And when the guys are out there on the grinder, they call it this concrete piece of slab at 5 a.m. And they're they're doing push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups and they're being sprayed with cold water and guys are yelling at them. The guy that's going to quit is going to be there in intense pain thinking, this is unbearable. There's no way I can do five weeks of this. It's not possible. You can't be in this kind of pain for that length of time. And at some point in time, they'll stand up, they'll go over, they'll ring the bell, and they'll go back to the fleet. The guy that wins, the guy that stays the course is the guy who's there exactly in the same pain, exactly the same thing. And he's like, there's no way I can do five weeks of this. It's not possible to do five weeks of this. You can't. And so he says, but I can make it to breakfast. That I can do. I can tough this out to breakfast. And then they go to breakfast and they get a little bit of food and get warmed up. And he's like, okay. And then they go back out and they're like, he's back in the same place. Nobody could do this for five weeks, but I can make it to lunch. And then in the long afternoon into evening, it's not a matter of trying to make it to the next meal. It's just making it through that evolution of torture that they're in. I can just make it to the end of this evolution. And then they do that day after day. And the reality is, if you make it to breakfast day after day, if you're a Navy SEAL, at some point they're going to time, they're going to pin the Navy SEAL trident on your chest because you just showed up. Psychologists call this micro slicing. And it's just establishing these small victories, these small little things, as opposed to the big long-term goal that's out there which the long-term goal, by the way, is nothing more than delayed gratification. And for 80% of us, we suck at delayed gratification. So we, we needed to, to micro-slice that down to a place that we can feel confident we can actually do it. That seems reasonable. I, I, I can't make five weeks, but I can make it to breakfast. Yeah. I can do that. So that seems possible. And then when you hit that, man, you, you've achieved your goal and it feels good. That's instant gratification. You fed that. And now we're just putting instant gratification in service of achieving that long-term goal. Because the reality is you can't get to five weeks until, unless you can make it to breakfast and unless you can make it to lunch. And by doing that, by micro-slicing, suddenly you've taken something that is unbelievably distant and formidable and you've broken it down into something. Yeah, I think I can do this. Yeah. So these are not hacks, right? So for the listener, we're talking, you know, this is what we're talking about. This is the consistency chain. This is the simple process that you guys have identified as the consistency chain. Like this is the secret for so many people who are struggling, right? And to oversimplify it, it's right. It's starting with one day and then two days. And then like you said, the hardest day being day number three. Like this is the secret. So Jerry Seinfeld, you're saying, didn't start out with a BHAG of of starting his own show and selling it for $800 million, right? No, it wasn't limos and Learjets. He was just wanting to be a better comic. And then he picked a, a high leverage activity, an activity that if he did it on every day, it would take him in that direction as fast as possible. He, he just found a different way to measure success on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, if you're Jerry, think about this. If you're Jerry Seinfeld and your goal is to have a TV show and you write jokes one day, and then you're, you show up the next day to write jokes a second time. Can you claim that you're any closer to having a TV show? 
by that metric, you seem just as far away as you were the day before. And that's disempowering. And that's just like, well, what's the point? I wrote jokes three days in a row and I, no one's offering me a TV show. And you're in the, the whole idea is to pull that metric and just set it aside. That may be the direction we're going, but that's not the metric we're, we're going to use to measure our progress. Our progress is going to be, did I do the thing that I promised myself I was going to do? Did I do it today? Because if I did, that's a win. And that feels good. And that feeds my instant gratification. And it increases the chance I'm going to come back tomorrow. And the reality is time after time, day after day, at some point in time, then you're going to look up and you go, wow, you know, somebody is going to offer you the TV show or somebody is going to offer you the promotion or you are going to hit the new strata in your business you were looking forward to. It's going to happen organically because you were just doing the things that you knew you should do. What we call a high leverage activity. Yeah. You, you mentioned the Navy SEALs, right? So they're starting out with what we might call a BHAG, right? They're starting out with this goal, like, I want the Trident, right? So, yep. you, so you might still, still start out with that. And you actually alluded to that. You say, you, you know, this is still the direction that you might want to head. And, and I want to head that direction, but that's not how I'm going to measure getting there. Like, how you, how you measure getting there is going to be the small steps. And so for this Navy SEAL who gets to the point where they're, or this you know, person trying to become a Navy SEAL, they run into this mental barrier, this wall of like, I can't, I can't possibly endure this for five weeks. So right. that BHAG can then be shifted to, okay, let me let that go for a second and just focus on getting to breakfast. Exactly. Exactly. Your direction is unaffected. Yeah. And the amazing thing is that these are people that are what we would consider 20 percenters, which really is, is mind boggling. I mean, these are the best of the best. And and they need that daily gratification. In this case, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, and the interesting thing about that is the whole Pareto principle is fascinating to study because one of the things it is, it's a fractal, which means that no matter how many times you divide or subdivide it, the ratio remains the same. And so you had all these people that were trying to get into buds and we're down to the 20% that actually made it to buds. But once we get into buds, that's got a top 20%. Yeah. And those are the people that are going to make it past buds actually into becoming a Navy SEAL. And you say, okay, well, it stops there. No, there's SEAL Team 6. They're top of Navy SEALs. These are the guys that are the top best operators in the entire Navy SEAL community. And I'm guaranteeing that if you got into to SEAL Team 6, you're going to find the top 20% of the guys that when the things get really tough, those are the people we're going to look to because they're the, they're the best of the best of the best. So it just keeps kind of micro slicing itself all the way to the top. And you talked about, Jimmy mentioned that some folks are, you know, good in this, in some areas, but not other areas, right? So it's not like, I think a lot of folks feel like, gosh, I can't be consistent at making my sales calls and they feel like a failure, right? But maybe they're, maybe they're good at working out every day, right? So you say that people are different People can be, you know, 20 percenters in one area, but 80 percenters in another area. Is that right? Absolutely. I, I couldn't understand how I could set a goal in business. I've had some successful businesses, great relationship. I've been married 51 years, so I've had that going for me. And that we just celebrated up in Boston, go Boston. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, with the physical or with weight, I've always struggled. And I, I never could figure out why I couldn't apply the same eight-step formula that I've had for years in business 
and couldn't apply and applied it in in losing weight and why I could be successful in one area and not the other area. And it really, really boiled down to the fact that I need instant gratification to get myself into better physical shape. Whereas I didn't need it building a business. I could see the goal at the end of the tunnel. Well, and we talk about like the huge example of this is Oprah Winfrey, who's unbelievably successful in the area of business, but she's proven time and time again that she struggles with her health and her weight and her fitness. And she has every advantage you can imagine. I mean, she could have a a private chef and a personal trainer. She could hire somebody a thousand bucks an hour just to come out and slap food out of her mouth. And yet <laughs> that area of her life, she struggles with. I mean, the reason for that is is kind of the second, there's, there's kind of three parts to this puzzle, Pareto being one of them and Seinfeld being the other. And the third one is what we call the marshmallow monster, which was based on a, a study done in the 1970s. And they took kids and they set them in a 305 year olds. They should have gotten the Nobel Prize just for that. And they took a kid and, and they would set him in front of a plate that had a little marshmallow and said, listen, that marshmallow is yours to eat. But if you don't eat it, when we come back in 15 minutes or so, you get a second marshmallow. And then we always ask audiences, how many kids do you think were able to resist the temptation of the marshmallow? What percentage? 20%. I still have my marshmallows. Yeah, everything we do. Jim has every marshmallow he's ever earned. So, still saving them. Yeah. yeah. So this 80-20 thing, it's really fascinating because then they did follow-up studies on all these kids. They did them at, at mid-teenage years. They found that 20, the 20% kids that didn't eat the marshmallow had a higher SAT scores, higher GPA. They followed them mid-life. The kids that didn't eat the marshmallows, 20% had more professional advancement, educational attainment. They divorced less and they were, according to body mass index, they were actually healthier. And then the final piece of the puzzle came in 2011. They brought back the subjects one more time and they put them in a functional MRI machine and a technician could look at the activity in the brain, one of the two parts of the brain and tell you with 100% certainty whether or not that test subject did or did not eat the marshmallow 45 years prior. Wow. This is how deep this goes, because this isn't a willpower issue. This isn't a, why you just don't want it bad enough. It's not a character flaw. We're literally wired differently. And if we're making our decisions in the prefrontal cortex, as Jim makes most of his, then that's the executive functioning part of the brain that can look at an action about and predict, well, if I repeat this action over a period of time, what's it going to result in? So if Jim's deciding to make a sales call, well, obviously he's going to make the call because that's going to take him where he wants to go. The other area of the brain is the ventral striatum. And this is the area that 80% of us make a lot of our decisions out of. It's a much more primal part of the brain, and it makes decisions based on completely different criteria. And that we call it the ESP filter. Is it easy? Is it safe? Is it pleasurable? So if I'm, I'm an introvert, and if I'm deciding whether or not to make a sales call, that's not an easy thing for me to do. So it's not easy. Is it safe? No, they could tell me no. I could feel rejected. That didn't feel good. No, it's not safe. Is it pleasurable? No. So I look at that. I want exactly the same thing. I mean, Jim and I could be in the exact same business, calling the exact same people, and with the exact same goals in mind. Jim makes the call because he's making the decision in the prefrontal cortex. I don't make the call because I'm making the decision in the ventral striatum. And when you think about that, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people 
in order to make them consistent. We're trying to shift. If we're going to make our decisions back here, then let's do it in such a way that we can make that action easy, safe, and pleasurable. Or at least two out of the three. Because if I can get two out of three, I can take the, that action. And then eventually I'm going to, over time, through neuroplasticity, we can actually rewire our brain. When I started experimenting with this, I decided I was going to work out every day. And I actually put together a string of 531 straight workouts without missing a day, a chain of 531. I had never done anything like that in my life. And the key to it was I just worked out today. I would go work out. And in my goal, like Jerry Seinfeld's goal was to be a better comic. My goal was not to be at a certain weight level or a certain something, some, some external metric. My goal was simply to be stronger, healthier, and fitter. And I would go to the gym and I would come back and I could look in the mirror with, with complete integrity and say, you know what, dude, you're stronger, you're fitter, you're healthier. And it felt good. And I fed that instant gratification. And so the next day I want more of that. And that's, I mean, that's how you put this together. It's so simple yet uh, so effective. Quick interruption. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to get the notes, quotes, and links in the action plan from this episode. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. That's jimharshawjr.com slash action to get your free copy of the action plan. Now back to the show. What do you say to the person who has gone through their life feeling like they are a failure, right? And they've not been able to be consistent at the things that they know they need to be consistent at, right? Whether it's the sales calls, whether it's the food or the workouts or what anything in their life, right? Relationship stuff. Like, what do you say to that person who's hearing this for the first time that, that has gone through their life thinking, what's wrong with me? What's the matter with me? Why can't I do this? I'm a failure. The first thing I would say is, is you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You, you have a path to exactly where you want to go. Your path is just going to look a little different. I mean, I had never worked out in my life and I worked out 531 straight days because I just chose a different path that instead of trying to fight my innate nature, instead of trying to fight this desire, this overwhelming desire for instant gratification, I said, you know what? I'm just going to take the instant gratification and put it to use for me. And there's a way to do that for everybody in virtually anything that you want to do. You want a better relationship? Okay, I commit. Today, I'm going to take 10 minutes and have a real conversation with my spouse. Just I'm going to ask him or her the questions that are going to start a real dialogue. And I'm going to do that today. I want to be a better dad. I'm going to take 10 minutes today and just get down on the floor and play with the kids. Take 10 minutes where there's no screens, no distractions, and I'm going to be a better dad for 10 minutes. Can you do that for 10 minutes? Can you do that just one day for 10 minutes? Because if you can, that's it. Because all we ever have to do is just today. Today is the only day we have to do anything. In that 531 straight days of working out, the key to it was I never worked out tomorrow, ever. Somebody would say to me, what kind of workout are you going to do tomorrow? I said, I'm not working out tomorrow. I say, I'm just working out today. I don't have the pressure of working out. I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. I just am going to win today. So if you can find out, figure out what it is you want to do and you micro slice it down into that activity, that if, you know what, if I did this activity, if I called three people, three cold calls, if I did that on an ongoing basis, that would take me to where I want to go. Well, could I call three people today? 
Well, yeah. Yeah, if you didn't have to speak to him, George, you could. Yeah, yeah if you leave a message, I can do that. <laughs> can I call three people today? Yeah, I could do that. Okay, well, then let's just do that today. Just to that. Yeah. Just to that. Start small. Yeah. Start with something so ridiculous that you can't say no to it. It's more important to show up every day than, than yep. do some type of activity that you can't sustain. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the initial thinking is we're not building our future in the sense of necessarily the the path that we're on, the direction that we're headed, what we're doing first is we're building the muscle of consistency. Yeah. And we're like, oh, wow. I had a, a wall in my, my office that had my calendars up there. And after a couple months, I would look at that. And I was more proud of that than anything I've ever done in my life because yeah. I knew what it meant. I knew that I had, I had actually gained mastery over a part of my life that I didn't think was possible. Yeah. And that just fed itself. Every day I was like, I want to put one more little, I want to put one more little chain yeah. up there on my calendar. And by working out at a specific time, or especially in the morning, George, you felt good about yourself for the entire day because you you worked out at a certain time. You had the accountability aspect you know, of, of marking it off on your calendar. So you you had everything going for you. Yeah. And, you know, the beautiful thing is, you know, we say you can start small, but you can you can scale up. Sure. I mean, obviously, you, as you get better, as you as you do the activity that you're committed to, you're going to get better at it. So now you can scale up because your skill level has risen yeah. and your comfort and your confidence, your posture has all risen. Yeah. So you're obviously going to scale up. And the other thing is there's a Jim Rohn quote that I always love is that every discipline affects every other discipline, both positively and negatively. If you can start your day out by keeping the promise that you made to yourself, man, that just sets the table. I'm the guy that keeps promises to myself. You know, it could be something as simple as I'm going to set my alarm for 530. And when my alarm goes off, I'm going to get up. You know what I mean? <laughs> that could be a heck of a change to start. <laughs> because now you're up and you're like, you know what? I control this. I make the decisions. I call the shots. I said I was going to do something. When 5.30 rolled around, it was cold. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was comfortable. I could have slept for another hour. But you know what I did? I got out of bed. That's a win. That's awesome. And now I'm ready for my day. It's funny because it's a complex problem with a very simple answer. Most solutions are. Most solutions are simple and applicable and fundamental. And for the the listener who's thinking okay well if i want to be you know the jerry seinfeld of my industry i have to do this for years upon years no you don't like no you don't like let go of the outcome focus on the process and then you know just today just the process today not tomorrow and, and yeah we're kind of it's a little bit of like some nuance to our language here but the nuance of that language is important because it allows you to let go of that pressure and just focus on today. And I want to I want to bring up a part in the book, Jim and George, where I, I shook my head. No, I'm like, I don't. This is you had me until this point, guys. And then <laughs> was, it, was and, it something Jim had written? Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely something Jim had written. Yeah. <laughs> so so you said you. Say to yourself, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to build that business. I'm never going to call that prospect. I'm never going to get more skills. I'm never going to be healthy. And, and I struggle. I'll be honest. I struggle with that point. And, and so why do you say that? Why do you tell yourself that 
I'm not going to build this business. I'm, I'm not going to be healthy. What is important about that part of your philosophy? So in the context of, of an 80 percenter who, who is faced with taking action and they don't because it's not easy, it's not safe, it's not pleasurable. The, the challenge we have as an 80 percenter is we're not going to say, I'm never going to do that. That's never going to happen for me. I'm not going to build the business. I'm not going to lose the weight. I'm not going to take action because I'm not going to take action. None of those things are going to happen. If we said that, if we were honest about ourselves and said it's never going to happen, then we might reevaluate our decision to take action or not. But what we do instead is we say, I'm not going to take that action today because everybody knows Monday is a terrible time to start a diet or reach out to somebody Monday. My God, Monday, everybody's just getting back to work. And Tuesday, you can't call on Tuesday because everybody's just getting over all this stuff from Monday. Wednesday, they call Wednesday a hump day for a reason. Thursday, people get ready for the weekend. They're trying to get their work done. Friday, you can't call on Friday because Friday, everybody is getting ready for the weekend. That Saturday's out of the question because Saturday's a family day and Sunday is football and church. And we're back to Monday. And so what we do is we just keep deferring that decision one day further into the future until at some point in time, it's not going to happen. But we were never as honest with ourselves in the moment that said, we're not going to do it. That's not going to happen to me. Because when you say it that way, then all of a sudden you're like, well, do I want, if I have to take this action in order to actually get my dream today, am I willing to do it? And so it's this mental leverage on ourselves. And that's what it is. It's like this mental leverage, this mental trick that you have to play on yourselves with, with these words to allow you, and this is, this is what I took from that chapter, is to allow you to let go of that. It's like, like stop putting that pressure on yourself to build that huge, massive, amazing thing. Like uh, Jeff Bezos, what Amazon is today, he didn't envision this. Like he no. built his path as he went. If, if he said when he first started out, like day one, like when he was first just had an idea, like he was building this, he would be like, I'm never, I can't, I, I, I can't do that, right? I mean, this is so extreme compared to what he could have even envisioned back then that you can't envision this. But you go on, Jim and George, to say that, you know, the, the language you can use is today, my business is dynamic and growing. Right. Today, I am stronger and fitter and healthier. Today, I am smarter and my skills are more powerful. Like you can say this today. And when you can say this today and do that thing today, then you, you do become better. You just wrote that joke and you got better. Yeah. Okay. It's a mind game, right? Yeah. It was funny. Some, somebody said to us once, well, this whole thing's just a mind game. And I was like, where did you think this was going to be played? <laughs> oh, man. Got it. Yeah. It's not like a button. It's not like, hey, if I just get this button I press and it's on my wall and then I press it every day, then I'm more concerned. No, it's not. That's not what it is. It's, it's, you're right. It's in your mind. That's where success happens. You know, I go back to my wrestling career and I did all, I was doing all of the work, all of the training, all of the watching film, all the weightlifting, all the everything. I was doing everything I could possibly do. And it wasn't until I fixed my mind that I got on the podium at the national championships. When I finally learned this mind game of really what we're talking about today, which is focus on the process. Like you really don't control the outcome. Like you, I mean, honestly, Jerry Seinfeld did not control the outcome, right? He did not control the fact that, that he got a show and that he got great writers and great cast and like all those things, like 
many, many, many things could have happened along the path that took him down a different path. Would he have probably still been successful? Sure. But he didn't control the outcome from the beginning. He controlled the process. What am I going to do today? Right. We talk about this. There's like a three-part little mindset idea, and that is exactly what you said. I don't know if I'm going to win. I don't, that's not given to me. We don't get to control that. A lot of things can happen. We, I don't know that I'm going to win. I do know that I'm going to play. That I can choose. That's my decision today. My decision is to take action today. I don't know that I'm going to win. I do know that I'm going to play. And I also know that if I play long enough, I'm going to win. And that takes us full circle so that we release the pressure of the goal, you know, this over this gigantic goal of building Amazon or winning a national championship or where we release that, we take the action that we know is going to take us in that direction. And we know over, over the course of time in most activities, if we take that action day after day, we're going to win. The win may not end up looking exactly like the, the win we, we conceived in the first time, but it's still the win. And we still did what we said we were going to do. You know, your goal might be to write a book, right? But you really, your goal should be to be a writer, right? To write three or four sentences a day, whatever you have to do, right? The idea to accomplish any goal is to make whatever activity you're doing so simple that you can't say no to it. I mean, from a physical standpoint, it might, it might be just put your sneakers on, right? Uh, from a, to write a book, it could be to write two or three sentences. Uh, so simple that you can't say no to it. So it, it gets you into action every single day. And like we talked about earlier, you can increase the in, in intensity later on, whatever you want to do. And, but you, keep in mind that we're trying to help the 80 percenters get into action and feel good about themselves on a daily basis. And the converse of that is we're wanting to help the 20% better understand the majority of people that they're trying to lead and to help them, you know, help facilitate those people getting into action and staying in action. Great point. So I always like to wrap up with action items. There is a five-step process that you guys share towards the end of the book. Can you walk us through those five steps? Sure. The first area is we just decide... You know, what area of your life do you want to focus on? And the good news is there's only about five or six. You know, there's, there's health, there's finances, there's career, there's relationships. And what area do you want to focus on? And then we talk about setting a direction. And the direction, it's just like Seinfeld says, I want to be a better comic. We suggest you set that direction using ER goals, those kind of words. What are the ER goals for the listeners? ER goals is like, I want to be fitter, stronger, healthier. Words that end in ER. I want to be a better listener. I want to be a better presenter. I want to be better organized. I want to be a better dad. I want to, and they, and I understand that these kind of goals violate traditional goal setting, which is great because for 80% of us, we've sucked at traditional goal setting. I don't know how many times I've written down goals just exactly like they told me. Just so, you know, a year later I could look at them and go, oh yeah, I remember thinking that. Well, you wrote down SMART goals, didn't you, George? Yeah, Yeah, SMART goals. Specific, measurable, assignable, R. I never can remember R. And T, time-based, you know, and I would, and the frustration of that. And and it makes sense that I would suck at that because traditional goals are nothing more than the embodiment of delayed gratification. 
which I've established that I'm not good at. So why would I ever be good at those? So we want to set directions, ER directions in such a way that we can hit them every single day. And from a business standpoint, for I'm a better prospect, I'm a better listener, I'm a, a better problem solver, whatever it might be. So you can apply it to all aspects of, uh, of your life, obviously. Right. And then we want to define a high leverage activity. What is an activity that, if I engaged in that activity on a daily basis, would actually give me the most traction in going in the direction I want to go? For Seinfeld, it was to write jokes every day. When I was working out, when I was wanting to be fitter, healthier, stronger, it was to get to the gym every single day. If I was going to write a book, it would be write a page of the book or a certain page count or whatever it is. A high leverage activity that I know that if repeated, it's going to take me in the direction that I want to go. You know, just some, some ideas. We encourage people, if you can, do it as early in the day as you can. Number one, you have the most willpower available to you. And number two, it lets you celebrate the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, if your goal is to not smoke, you really can't celebrate that goal until 1159 at night. But if your goal is to, I'm going to get out and I'm going to walk two miles a day and you get that done first thing, man, then you, then you can power through the rest of your day. And I'm trying to remember what the fifth one is. Some type uh, of accountability. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And to track it. Yeah. So I've said this before. I was fortunate enough when I became a professional speaker to be inducted into the National the, the Speakers Hall of Fame, which is a really nice thing. And I'm very appreciative. And they give you a little statue. I don't know where my statue is. I know it's somewhere, but I couldn't tell you where it is. Well, don't look at me. I don't have it. <laughs> but the pages, the monthly pages that I printed out for that first year that I worked out every single day, I can tell you exactly where those are. Those meant more to me because I knew it was a much bigger deal. I overcame a great deal more to achieve those little pieces of paper than I ever did to achieve in that statue. So track your progress and put it somewhere that you can see it and mark it off on a daily basis and look at it and go, doggone it, look at that. This is an activity I've never been good at and I'll be doggone if there aren't two weeks up there. That's awesome. And then you come back a month and a half later and you're going, this is incredible. Are you telling me for 45 days in a row I've done what I said I was going to do? That's amazing. So you track that and you track it for two reasons. Number one, you see your progress. You can graphically, because now we have a different measurement system. Now we graphically see what our progress is. And more importantly, we can feel our progress because it counts. It hits you when you've never been good at consistency. And all of a sudden you see yourself nailing this. You're going, my Lord, what exactly is there that I couldn't do? And the answer is dang near nothing. Guys. Incredible message. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to help amplify this. Where can the listeners find you, follow you, buy your books, et cetera? Well, you can find consistencychain.com as our main website. Amazon has the book in soft cover, Kindle. And we finally, it took forever and we don't know what it was, but the audible version of the book is out. And I will tell you, a lot of people really like the audible version. And it's kind of different because the, the book is written in three parts. It's my view of consistency from the view of the consistency challenge person, 
Jim's view of consistency from someone who is a leader and trying to help people. And then we have the narrator that's got the kind of the main part of the book. So you hear all three of our voices. And when Jim is speaking, I suggest you buy the book too, <laughs> because it's really hard to understand some of his words, honestly, that main accent. If you don't yeah. have the book in addition, you're going to have a tough time. Thanks, George. Appreciate that. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. In the impact of your message is changing lives, and I know it's going to change lives for the listeners here today. So thank you. You bet. We enjoyed it. Thanks. Our pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you want to apply these principles into your life, let's talk. You can see the limited spaces that are open on my calendar at jimharshawjr.com slash apply, where you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call directly with me. And don't forget to grab your action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. And lastly, iTunes tends to suggest podcasts with more ratings and reviews more often. You would totally make my day if you give me a rating and review. Those go a long way in helping me grow the podcast audience. Just open up your podcast app if you have an iPhone, do a search for success through failure, select it, and then scroll the whole way to the bottom where you can leave the podcast a rating and a review. Now, I hope this isn't just another podcast episode for you. I hope you take action on what you learned here today. Good luck and thanks for listening.